listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Joshua 24:15. Ginawa natin to last week. Can we all read it together at the count of three? With feelings and with passion. One, two, three. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There you go. I pray that that will be the declaration of our fathers as they continue to live out their lives. Alam ko yung ibang may edad, medyo may tono yung pagkabasa nyo nito. Dahil naalala nyo yung lumang praise song na As For Me and My House. But I pray that we would always do this. And a lot of people might be asking, ano bang itsura ng family that serves God? What does it really look like? And ako personally, I've witnessed it the past couple of weeks through this family. I think this is a picture of what it looks like for that verse to really come into reality. Um, nakamask sila, kaya probably you don't recognize them, but that's actually Miss Phoebe Lucero with her daughters. And I'm just really so amazed because the past weeks they have been so busy, but they haven't been busy with their own agenda. They have been busy with God's agenda. They were busy, well, every Sunday, they volunteer for our kids' church in our San Pedro location. Yes, we are planting a church in San Pedro. For those of you in that area, marami nagtatanong, meron pala tayong church doon? Yes, we do have a church there. You could follow them on Facebook, Victory San Pedro, so you could be updated with the current location that we have. So we see Miss Phoebe and her three daughters, si Danae, si Noel, and si Guiana, volunteering in our kids' church every Sunday. And even last week, they volunteered para sa ating vacation Bible camp for kids. They actually taught uh, the big kids how to dance. And I'm just really so amazed and you're probably wondering, San kaya yung tatay nila? If they are a family that serves together. Well, their father is the one who preaches regularly in our Sunday services in Victory San Pedro. That is the amazing Pastor King Lucero, who I would like to honor as well because truly, as you see, the things that his family does is a reflection of his leadership. And kita talaga natin that once the spiritual authority or the spiritual leader appointed by God for the family embraces his role, we see how families can make a big impact, not just in the people around them, but also in the communities where they are planted. And last week we learned that, that that is the very purpose of family. The purpose of family is for us to be able to fulfill God's mission. And that is to fill the earth with his glory. That is to point more people to Jesus Christ so that they can receive salvation. And I am really, again, so blessed with this family because that is what they do. And I pray that each and every family in this congregation and even in this church would also embrace that. And as we do that, we would be able to make a big impact in the lives of others. And again, I would like to honor Pastor King and all of our pastors for leading the charge, not just for their specific families, families, but also for our spiritual family here in Victory Alabang. And as we celebrate Father's Day, today we are going to talk about another person, another father who used his influence to be able to bring not only his family, but his entire community and the other nations to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I'm talking about Cornelius. So today, I'd like to invite everyone to open their Bibles to Acts chapter 10, we will be reading verses 1 to 20. 
Again, that's Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 20. And if you are here on site, I'd like to invite you to stand up so that we can give reverence and respect to the Word of God. We will be reading from the ESV version, and it says there, At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, or 3 p.m., he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Verse 9, the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you are a God who continues to reach out to us, that you are a God who continues to reveal himself to us and extend your love to us. Thank you for your word that continues to guide us, direct us to the path that we should take. And my prayer is at that as we look at your word today, that you will be the one to open our hearts and open our minds so we may receive the very personal message that you have for each one of us today. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Give us wisdom. And my prayer is that as we are faced with your word and as we receive your comfort and your instruction, that our hearts will be transformed to become more like you. Lord, today as we discuss your word, may it already be a yes before we even receive the instruction. And we thank you because as we receive this, it will transform our hearts and not only our hearts, but also the people around us as we live it out. Bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may take your seats. Two weeks ago, if you remember, we talked about the Pentecost, the way that the Holy Spirit descended upon the Jews 
and the people of God and the way that they started speaking in languages that they didn't understand, but the foreigners could understand. It was the time that the Holy Spirit fell upon the Jews or the descendants of Abraham, showing that they were indeed saved. It was a confirmation that they have received Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. And now, what we are going to talk about is no longer the Pentecost of the Jews, but this is actually called the Gentile Pentecost. When I say Gentile, it means foreigners or non-Jewish people, those people who were from other nations. And this is a big thing because, again, if you remember last week, God entrusted a mission to Abraham for him to be blessed so that he could be a blessing to all the families of the earth. For Abraham to be, bl to be a blessing to all nations. Can you say that? All nations. All nations. All nations. Now, it was entrusted to Abraham and here is what God said to him. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and in him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I repeat that, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And God repeats that call again for him in chapter 22. He says, in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. I repeat, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And when we talk about the offspring that is being mentioned here, we know that this offspring was referring to Jesus Christ. It was discussed in the New Testament that Jesus was the Messiah, the promised Savior that came from the lineage of Abraham. And through Jesus Christ, we would be able to receive the blessings of provision, of protection, of promotion, of God's presence, and of God's guidance. And this is not just for the Jews. I repeat, this is for all the nations. Here's the thing though. Up to this part, up to Acts chapter 10, those blessings seemingly have been enjoyed only by the Jews or only by the nation of Israel because they believed that they were the only ones eligible for it because they were the only descendants of Abraham. And the Jews because of that, believed that they were the only ones who could be legit saved. No one else. All the other nations, they cannot receive salvation because they are not Abraham's offspring. They believed that they were saved by association with Father Abraham. Now, let me ask you, is that the way that one is saved? Again, let me ask you, is that the way that one is saved? Is it automatically passed on by blood? Let's say, oh, my parents, they're Christians. Oh, my parents, they received Jesus Christ. Therefore, I am saved. My dad is saved and I go to church with him. Therefore, I am saved. Is that the way that one is saved? I remember that used to be my mindset growing up. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents attended Bible study all the time. And even us, we would attend Sunday school and we would attend vacation Bible school. And I thought that that was already okay. We'd say our prayers after every meal. We'd say our prayers together before we sleep at night. And, you know, pretty much I thought that my salvation was already a check. It wasn't until I was around 
in my late 20s that I realized that I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I realized that, I was so thankful that God opened my eyes because if He hadn't, then I would be setting myself up for eternal damnation and suffering because no one can be saved apart from Jesus Christ. And, you know, I don't mean to be so negative because the truth is God desires for you to be saved and God desires for the rest of our families to be saved. The thing that we have to understand, even us will be passing it on to the next generation, is that salvation is not passed on automatically. Yes, God wants us to pass it on, but it is passed on through teaching. It is passed on by living out the commandments of God and by sharing, by pointing our children and our family members to the Bible so that they too would be familiar with what it says and they too can put their faith in God's word and in not, not in the religion or the faith of the family. And right now, I'd like to talk to the parents. That is the greatest responsibility of a parent. It's not just to provide education. Of course, you are to provide education for your children. It's not just to give them a good um, piece of land that they would eventually receive when they get older. It's not just to give them a car. The greatest responsibility, the most important responsibility of a parent is introducing their children to Jesus Christ so that their children would know Him as well and would receive salvation. And I call it a responsibility but at the same time, I see it as a wonderful privilege. So, you know, I pray that we would continue to grow in our knowledge of God so that we could pass it on to our children because salvation is not passed on by bloodline. It's not passed on by works. Again, it is passed on through teaching the Word of God. And besides, if salvation was only passed on through bloodline, then there wouldn't be a chance for all of us here to be saved unless one of us here is Jewish. We are actually Gentiles. So if we would really believe in what the Jews say, that salvation is only passed on through bloodline, then there is no chance for us to be saved. That's why we know that there is something wrong with that Jewish mindset because the promise of God to Abraham is that the blessing would not just be for the Jews but for all the nations, all the families of the earth. And thankfully, that includes us. So today, as we go back to our story, just as God has used Abraham to open up the blessings to the sinful and rebellious Israelites, today we would see how God would open up the blessings, the second half of his promise to Abraham, to the rest of the world. And this would happen through a man that he chose. And that was Cornelius. And God was going to use Cornelius to be his channel of love and blessings to his family and to his community. Here's the thing though, for Cornelius to be able to share this blessing and love to other people, he first needed to have a personal encounter with God himself. He first needed to have an encounter with Jesus. The same way that we should have that encounter so that we can experience salvation. Now, we can't pass on to others something that we don't know, something that we don't have. So if we haven't experienced the love of the Father, by the way, happy Father's Day to God, if we haven't experienced His love, then we can't pass on this love to other people. And that day, 
God was going to encounter Cornelius and he was going to see and experience God's love through a very tangible way so that he could pass it on to others. And let's remember that the call to be a blessing to the people around them, it wasn't just reserved for Abraham, it wasn't just for Cornelius, but it is for each and every one of us. Sabihin mo sa katabi mo, ikaw yun. Ikaw yun. Sabihin mo dun sa kabila, ikaw yun. Yan. Sana nagising yun, natutulog yung katabi. Sa ginawa nating yun. Alright? And I pray that through this story, just like Cornelius, that we would have an encounter with God that we would have a deeper understanding of His love so that in turn, again, we could be a blessing to the people around us as well. Today, through the story of Cornelius, I pray that we would have a deeper understanding of the Father's love for all. Again, for all, not just for a select few. We'll be talking about this. The Father's love knows no boundaries. The Father's love shows no, imp- no partiality. The Father's love is given sacrificially and the Father's love is meant to be shared to everyone. So we go back to the guy in our story, Cornelius. There you go. Looking at him, any first impressions ninyo? Roman. I hear that. Sabi no iba, angas naman yan. Diba? Parang yabang naman. Parang mamamatay tao. Well, actually, during that time, the Roman centurions... There were two centurions presented in the Gospels and they were presented in a good light. But truth of the matter is for the normal folk or for the local people, they weren't really fond of the centurions because they always saw these people as arrogant and self-serving. But even though Cornelius looked that way, he was a different kind of centurion because as we have read a while ago, we would find out that he was actually well-loved by the people around him. And he was well-loved even by the Jews. Um, he was kind of described as a good lifer. If you know that term, it means someone who lives his life well. According to the word of God, he was devout, which means he had strong religious commitments. According to the word of God, he was generous to those who were in need, especially the poor, those who would ask for alms. Hindi katulad natin na kapag may kumatok sa bintana natin, mas ka dyan, mo, di ba? O kaya papaandarin mo yung kotse mo. Si Cornelius, pag may kumatok sa bintana niya, bibigyan niya yan. He was very generous. And then, it says here as well that he feared God with a capital G. And this was very interesting because we know that the Gentiles had their share of their own gods. But Cornelius was one of those Gentiles who renounced their pagan gods so that he could follow the one true God, the God of Israel, your God and my God. And it says here that he feared God. And it says here that he was very prayerful. So we know na kahit nakasimangot yan si Cornelius dito, he was actually a man that you would go to and he was a bringer of hope, of peace to the people around him. And when we look at Cornelius, he feared God, he did good works, and he lived uprightly. Do you think that Cornelius was saved? Ichurang yan. Mukabang saved. I mean, he lived his life well. He feared God. Helped the poor. Do you think he was saved? There's kind of a discussion when it comes to that. Because at the end of the day, it's not our good works that save us. And in the next verses, we would actually find out that there was something missing in his life. 
What was missing? The knowledge of who the Messiah was. The knowledge of who the Savior is. And we know that apart from our knowledge of Jesus Christ, no matter how good we think we are, no matter how deserving you think you are of salvation, no matter how many people give you five stars when it comes to the way you live your life, apart from Jesus Christ, we cannot be saved. And it seems that Cornelius somehow knew what was missing. He was always praying to God. And in his prayers, he asked God to reveal it to him. And if you remember in the Word, it says that in the ninth hour, he prayed. Itong si Cornelius, napaka-devout, sumusunod sa three o'clock habit. Naalala nyo ba dati pag narod kayo ng TV, pagdating ng three o'clock, nai-interrupt yung inyong mga pinapanood. Tumatawa yung mga may edad lang, no? Hindi na alam ng mga bata. What's that? But anyway, the Jews were very faithful when it comes to the three o'clock habit. And Cornelius did that. One afternoon during his three o'clock habit, God spoke to him in a vision. It says, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. When he saw the vision of that angel, he was terrified, he was scared. I know that when we talk about angels, we usually think of babies with wings. Hindi po to si Cupido. Hindi rin po to yung angel's breath na pabangunin nyo ng bata kayo. When we talk about angels, they look like warriors. They are tall beings. Kapag makita ka nito, talagang masisinda ka rin, matatakot ka rin, at hindi ka makakapagsalita, mauutal ka. But Cornelius knew that this was something important. And it was during his prayer that this angel showed up. And you know, from what I see here, totoo talaga yung verse na sinasabing, when you seek God with all your heart, you will find Him. He will speak to you. Because that is what Cornelius did. And God showed up. And God honored his faith. God said that I have seen the way you live your life. I have seen your faith. And now, the day of salvation would come upon Cornelius and his entire household. And not just to him, but to the rest of the Gentile nations. Kaya nga sabi ko sa inyo, big event talaga tong Gentile Pentecost. It opened the door for salvation to be received by everyone in the world. Now, how was this going to happen? How was salvation going to come into his household? Magta-travel tayo 30 miles from Joppa. From Caesarea pala to Joppa. And there, God was preparing His messenger. And through this, what can we learn about the Father's love? We learn that the Father's love knows no boundaries. There is no distance for the Father's love. Kahit na ibang bansa pa. Just as Jesus traveled high and wide during His time here, Jesus walked, you know, long roads. Jesus traveled even the roads less traveled. Going to Samaria, the, th the roads that people didn't want to go to, the places that people didn't want to go to, Jesus went there so that He could share the love of the Father. And all of us are called to do that as well, to go out, to go the distance so that we can preach the gospel and share about Jesus to the people around us. Paano natin malalaman nakasama tayo doon? Because the promise of the Holy Spirit is for us as well. And in Acts 1.8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and 
to the end of the earth. Pastor Bo, di tamang-tama, gusto ko mag-travel. Sige, sabayan mo na nito. Missional travel. Our travels are not just for our own, you know, enjoyment, but this is a travel with a purpose, and that is to make the name of Jesus Christ known. And you know, this is actually something that we embrace as a movement. That's why Victory, if you don't know, is actually part of a bigger movement called Every Nation. And our heart is to be able to plant churches and campus ministries in every nation. And that is something that we have been doing throughout the years. And you know, we have been sending long-term missionaries and short-term missionaries to the nations so that we may preach the gospel to them. And in essence, this is what God was asking Peter to do. Hindi naman ganong kalayo, pero every believer is called to participate in the advancement of the kingdom so that we could share the love of the Father even to those areas that are unreached. Me personally, as I have been part of this movement, I have participated in several short-term missions. And I could say na I, I expected somehow and I prayed that I would be a blessing to the people there. But truth of the matter is me going there, taking that step of faith, it, the trip actually ended blessing me all the more. And that is the call for us to go out there and share the gospel to people like Cornelius. Here are some pictures of the, peop- the times that I traveled here with some young people in the nation of Cambodia and the other with not so young people in the nation of Thailand. Uh, we get to really talk to people who haven't heard of the gospel just yet. And here we had an opportunity um, to go to the nation of Cambodia. We went back to minister in a youth camp. And again, as I shared to you, the great thing that happened is more than our team blessing them, I personally had a revelation of how God is so mindful of each and every one of us. As I stepped foot in Cambodia, I was asking God, Lord, why did you send me here? And he said, so that my children here would know me and would experience my love. And you know, I just had a revelation that time thinking that really, Lord, you would ask someone from the Philippines, you would provide for him to travel all the way to Cambodia just so the people here can hear the gospel. And as I thought about that, that's when I realized that, Lord, you really pursue each and every one of us. You would go through lengths to reach out to us, to open our eyes, and for us to be able to see and experience and have a chance to receive that love. And that was a personal revelation for me. And I said to myself, Lord, I thank you. Because now as I look back, I see how you have reached out to me through people as well. People who went through lengths just to be able to speak to me and disciple me. That is why I say that when we participate in God's mission, when we answer his call to share this love beyond boundaries, all the more we will be blessed as well with that personal revelation of how much he values each and every one of us. And that was what he was going to do in the heart of the messenger that he has chosen for Cornelius, and that was Peter. So a while ago, we met Cornelius. Now we meet Peter, who was also praying. But the mode of Peter's prayer, I don't understand because Cornelius decided to pray at 3 p.m. You know what time Peter decided to pray? 12 noon at his rooftop. Who among you here thinks that's a good idea? Magpabilad ka sa araw. Lord. So he went to his rooftop and started praying there. And you know, after he prayed, you know what he felt? Nagutom siya. 
Peter got hungry. Sino dito nagugutom after prayer? Sino dito parating gutom lang talaga? <laughs> Lahat tayo yan. Anyway, he prayed. I, he was praying and then nagutom siya. So he asked for food. Wow, senorito. Sino ba? May pagkain ba dyan? And while they were preparing, you know what happened to Peter? He went into a trance. Ano tong trance? Naghalucinate ba siya or what? Well, whatever it was, he went into this vision and the Lord spoke to him as well. Again, as he was praying, the Lord met him and the Lord spoke to him. Yung iba kasi sa atin, ano, habang nagpe-pray, hindi napupunta sa trance. Napupunta sa tulog. We pray the longest prayers at night. Nakaka, nagpe-pray ka, nagsisimula 11, mag-i-amen ka, 7 a.m. Di ba, pagkagising mo, ay Lord, nagpe-pray pala ako, amen, thank you Lord. <laughs> anyway, Peter fell into a trance and he saw this vision of a cloth being, you know, being led down from heaven in its four corners. And you know what was on the cloth? On the cloth, there were animals, different kinds of animals. Four-legged animals, there were reptiles, there were birds. And as it was being lowered down, Peter was probably thinking, ano na naman kaya to? Gutom lang talaga ako. And as he was looking and he was trying to figure out what was happening, there was a voice that said to him, rise up, Peter, kill and eat. And, you know, Peter, when he was looking at this, sabi niya, yo, juicy, you know? Lord, may mga animals dyan na non-kosher. We don't eat that, Lord, kasi unclean yan. That was what Peter said. And you know, Peter really had this thing for saying no to God. Super funny. He already said no to God when, when Jesus said, you know, I'm going to the cross. What did Peter say? No, Lord, hindi mo gagawin yan. What did Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. And when Jesus said that you are going to deny me thrice, what did Peter say? No, Lord, I'm so faithful. I will not deny you. But what happened? He denied God. And now God instructed him to kill and eat. What did he say again? No. Hi, nako, Peter. Hindi ko na lang din talaga alam. Sino dito nakaka-relate? Mm, aminin nyo. Ganon din naman tayo. Kunwari, hindi ko alam dyan kay Peter. Kung ba't ganyan yan? Ewan ko rin sa sarili ko. Kung ba't panayano ko kay God? Anyway, the selection of animals, some of them were considered unclean. And this was a very interesting conversation because back in the day, clean and unclean were big things. Actually, kanina lang in the pantry, ang ulam po namin ng lunch, dinuguan. Oh, baka may ma-offend. Grabe na, si Pastor Bo, hindi ko makaalang dinuguan. Napaka-unclean. <laughs> hindi bawal kumain ng dinuguan. Anyway, yun, we were talking, back then, clean and unclean were big things. If you were ceremonially or religiously clean or unclean, because... Uh, there was a separation between the two. And, you know, it might seem during this time, mukang yung describe ni God kay Peter was defilement through food that we eat. Pero eventually we would know that hindi naman yun talaga yung describe ni God dito. Anyway, when we look at clean and unclean, it was really a big deal back then kasi if you were unclean, then you could defile other people. So even in the temple worship, those who were clean and unclean were separated. And truth of the matter is, when you look at it, the people here are the clean ones and the people... Wala tayong separation dito. But during that time, the clean and unclean were separated. And I think we have a better understanding of this after the COVID uh, season 
because there were people that we considered unclean or according to IATF during the beginning of the COVID season, consider everyone unclean. So what would we do? You know, we would stay away from everyone as much as possible because we didn't want to be unclean or contaminated or defiled by the virus. The ones who are healthy would want to stay away as much as possible from those who, would, who were unclean. That's why we limit our interactions with them. And those who were unclean would isolate themselves so that the virus wouldn't spread to anyone. Now the Jews, again, I told you, they considered themselves as the only people who were saved because they were the chosen nation set apart by God. So they believed that as they were set apart, they were the clean ones and everyone else were unclean. That's why they would stay away from those people and they would try to really avoid anything that would make them unclean because if you were unclean, then you would have to go through a very long ceremonial cleansing ritual. And they didn't want to do that. It was a long bathing and whatnot. Yung iba nga sa atin, ayaw maligo paggabi. I pray na talagang ma-embrace na natin yung pagligo after COVID. And other things that they avoided were touching a corpse because that would make you unclean. And kasama na rin dito, eating animals that were considered unclean. The preparation that was unclean. That's why Peter said no to God. And as he looked at the vision, he was thinking that this was an issue of food, of the unacceptable animals for humans to consume. But this was actually more than that. That wasn't the issue that God wanted to deal with. The issue that God was dealing with was the issue of people tagging certain people groups as unacceptable or unclean. That was the barrier that God wanted to break. The Jews and the Gentiles. Grabbing racism during this time, no? And here we see talaga that God doesn't stand for racism. The Jews limited their interactions with the Gentiles. They wouldn't visit their homes. They wouldn't spend long times with them. They wouldn't even eat with them. Because when they eat with the Gentiles, then they would be considered unclean. And through this vision, God was preparing Peter for his next assignment. Visiting the house of a Gentile, Cornelius. So after seeing the vision three times, the Lord showed the vision to Peter three times to stress it. Talagang sige, magmarathon ka dyan. Panoorin mo ng panoorin to. Pakinggan mo that, you know, you should not call the things that I have called clean uncommon. I common because I have already cleansed them. And when Peter snapped out of his trance, he was trying to figure out, Lord, what was that dream all about? I don't understand. Why were you asking me to eat animals or meat that is considered unclean? And in a matter of minutes, Peter found out what it was all about. The next instruction to his assignment. As he was thinking, as he was so confused, three men knocked on their door and looked for him. And when those three men knocked on their door, God confirmed that it was indeed him who sent these men. In Acts 10.21, it says, And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you're looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So si Peter, natanggap niya yung message, parang kayo, ma'am, dito na po, grab. <laughs> Labas na po kayo. Yan, so lumabas siya. Tapos sinabi, yung delivery hindi para sa'yo, pero dadalhin ka namin, ikaw yung delivery. 
And here we would see, again, that the Father's love knows no boundaries. They picked Peter up so that he could speak the message that God wanted the people 30 miles away to hear. And when we talk about God's love not knowing any boundaries, I'm not just talking about geographical boundaries, but sometimes there are protocols that need to be breached for the love of the Father to be extended to other people. Talking about COVID, uh, I remember when it was just starting. I think it was the first month. There were people that we call LSIs, if you're familiar with that, locally stranded individuals. And they were stranded in the airports. They stayed there for days, some of them even weeks, because they couldn't go to the destination abroad that they needed to go to, and they couldn't go back to their homes because of the travel ban. So they were just stuck in the airports. Eventually, the government brought them to Villamore Air Base, and you know they were on the verge of sadness and depression. They were really frustrated because imagine the thing that you invested on, you put money on, your plans didn't happen. And it's out of your control. And then they were disappointed because, you know, again, what they planned for, it didn't happen. And they didn't have much support. They got stuck in the airport. They were uncomfortable because they didn't have a place to sleep in. Can you imagine being stuck in the airport and in a place all at once? Wala kang maliguan. And then, you know, at the end of it all, you're alone. Your family is far from you. There's no one there to really comfort you and to make you calm down. So can you imagine what these people were going through? So we got, you know, these people needed prayer and ministry. And when you need prayer and ministry, who do you call? The Ghostbusters. The, the Alabang Discipleship Team, apparently. May tumawag sa amin, sabi kailangan nila ng ministry. So can you imagine, first month of covid and we looked at COVID and we saw it as a highly, you know, a disease with high fatality. If you were the ones who were invited to go there, what would you say? Would you say yes right away? When I got the call, I was really nervous. And I said, Lord, ito na ba yun? Katapusan ko na po ba? And of course, you had other things to consider. You needed to consider your family because if you were exposed, they would be exposed as well. So it was a long time of prayer, even consultation with the pastors here, with our families. Some people were for it. Some people were against it. And the people said to us, don't worry when you go here, the people that you, were that you will minister to are the people who have been tested already. So the brave souls, four of us, went to Villamore Air Base to minister to these LSIs. That's me with Joms, with Pastor JJ, and with Pastor David. And even as we rode one car, we were so nervous because we considered each other as possible carriers of the virus. So we were praying, Panginoon, kayo na po bahala sa amin. Sana wala sa aming may sakit. Yung may tanungan pa, saan ka nang galing? Lumabas ka ba? Kabadong kabado ka. So as we were going, talagang, Nako, Lord, we're praying. But okay lang, kasi we will minister to the people who have been tested already. So we arrived at Villamore Air Base. We prayed before we went down. And the, the leader there, one of the colonels, I think, uh, welcomed us. And, you know, he was just so excited that we were there. And he was saying that these people really needed ministry and prayers. And he sat us down so that he could brief us with the situation. He was sharing with us how many people they had there. He was sharing with us the experience of these people. And he also shared to us that they had milk that was shipped to them from Visayas, pasteurized milk that, it, that was really good, and he wanted us to try it. 
So his assistant comes over, bringing paper cups with his fingers on the rim, <laughs> touching the milk. And as he was walking, I was saying to myself, hindi ako iinom niyan. Tutukan niyo na ako ng barel, hindi ko iinomin niyan. So the cups were given to us, and I was so confident that I wouldn't drink from it. And when I looked to my left, I see one of the people I was with, I wouldn't mention the name, drinking the milk. Sabi ko, Panginoon, protektahan niyo po siya. Anyway, then, the, then he goes on to share with us, you know the people that you will minister to, they're really stressed out because there's a long line of people that need to be tested and the test kits haven't arrived. So they can't go home. The people you will minister to are actually people who are waiting to be tested. Sabi ko talaga, Panginoon, inumin ko na lang siguro yung gatas. Dala ka lang. So, you know, we, and I said, you know, we, I looked at the people who were with me and I said, you know, we're already here. We said yes to God and I know that he will protect us. So anyway, here's, on the screen is a photo of us actually ministering to these people, if we can show it here. We ministered to around over a hundred of them. And, you know, even if we were fearful in the beginning, we just went with what God is asking us to do. And we were able to minister to over a hundred of them and we were able to encourage them, build up their faith. You see the change in their faces after we prayed for them and we were able to lead them to a prayer of salvation. So we were thankful that God opened that door. And you know, again, that was when I saw that Lord, during the time that these people needed ministry the most, you called people to send to them. That just goes to show how much you are mindful of us even during the times that we think you have forgotten us. Can we just give God praise? And I'd like to acknowledge, encourage you. You know, if God was mindful of that people, He is mindful of you as well. And I believe that He will not leave you during your time of need. And Peter was faced with the same dilemma that we were faced with. He was being asked to go and go to the people who were unclean in the middle of his dilemma. He just obeyed God. And here we also see in God's call for Peter to go to the Gentiles that the Father's love shows no partiality. Walang favoritism si God. He loves all of us equally. As Jerome was sharing a while ago, his love for each one of us is steadfast and it's all on the same level. So regardless of your race, of your gender, of your ethnicity, of your social status, of your past, of your age, God's love is for you. Can you just say that to the person beside you? God's love is for you. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. We question it. But the truth of the matter is, His love is for us. And God was also teaching Peter that God's love is for everyone. When it comes to loving others and reaching out, we shouldn't be selective. We shouldn't be judgmental. What if God asks us to go to Cambodia to preach the gospel there? I remember saying to myself, Naku, eh sobrang ingrained na ng Buddhism sa mga taong yan. Baka hindi naman makinig sa akin yan. Ba't ako pupunta doon? What if God asks you to share His love to your boss who has been a nightmare for you. Naku, Lord, wag na! Kampo ng kadiliman yan! Walang magbabago dyan. Or what if God asks you to share His love to your father or your mother that you aren't in good terms with? Naku, Lord, di niya deserve. Will we say no because we expect the people to say no? Will we say no because we think that others don't deserve the Father's love? When God calls us, we are to say yes. And Peter said yes. So he traveled from Caesarea to Joppa. 
And there he met Cornelius. When Peter arrived at Cornelius' home, he was so shocked. He was so surprised. First, because this man who was respected by his whole community, this man who was looked up to by soldiers, by the army, went down at his feet, down on his knees, and started worshiping Peter. And Peter probably said, Oy, relax, ako lang to. Relax ka lang, ako lang to. Kalma lang. And you know, sometimes I do feel that when I go to events and when people from the congregation sees that there's a pastor there, Nako, pastor, dito na po kayo, dito na po kayo. Gusto ko rin talaga sabihin, ako lang to. Hindi ako si Jesus. Kalma lang tayo. And probably that was what Peter felt. Whoa. And Peter reminded him, I'm not God. I'm just man. And the second surprise that he had was he probably was expecting that it was going to be a small conversation with Cornelius and the people who sent for him. But when he went there, it looked like a family affair. It looked like he gate-crashed a party. Na parang, oh, dami mo palang bisita. Yes, actually, going guest of honor. Wow! So he was, you know, Peter was probably thinking, di ako prepared mag speech, ha? Pero sige, Lord, kayo na bahala. So, you know, here we see that somehow Cornelius had influence. He was a man of influence, of authority and power. And he somehow understood the assignment. As the father of the household, his family looked up to him, his servants submitted to him, and the people in the army that he was leading followed his orders. He had influence, and he knew what that influence was for. And I'm sure that all of us here have our own you know, influence, no matter how big or how small. Remember why God gave this to us. Our God-given influence is to be used not for our own gain, but for kingdom gain. Again, our God-given influence is to be used not for our own gain, but for kingdom gain. Cornelius understood the assignment. His leadership was not to be used just for his own purposes, but for God's purposes, to share God's love, God's blessings to the people around him. And we see that in the first part of the story, which declares that his family were devout as well. And even the soldier that he asked to go to Joppa was devout as well, showing that he really used his influence to bring people to God. And I pray for the fathers out here that you would be like Cornelius, that you would be men who would understand the spiritual authority that you have been given, and that you would be men who would bring your family and everyone in your sphere of influence closer to God. And, you know, I pray that it really happens because when, again, as I said a while ago in the story of Pastor King, when the appointed spiritual leaders in the family embrace their role, something great happens, not only in that family, but through that family. And Cornelius was going to see it that day. Cornelius gathered his family and friends because he believed that what they were going to hear from Peter, what he was expecting to hear from Peter, was something that his entire family needed to hear as well. What was Peter going to share? Presentation and networking. What was Peter going to share? The gospel. He was going to share the gospel to them and they were so ripe. Cornelius was already expecting this. What was missing? God, I want to know you more. Peter was going to share the perfect picture of God's love. Salvation through Jesus Christ. Salvation for all who would believe in the sacrifice of Jesus. Not just the Jews, but this salvation was also for the Gentiles. In Acts 10, it says, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Even the Gentiles saw this. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. I believe that not only the Gentiles during that time, but all of us need to hear, understand, and receive this message. That no matter how good we are, no matter how many good works that we do, how matter how deserving we think we are, all of us are destined for eternal damnation, for eternal suffering and destruction. But God showed His perfect love. The Father showed this love to everyone by sending His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to be the ultimate sacrifice for us. Not because we are deserving, not because God would be able to benefit from us, but because God is a perfect Father who loves us beyond what we can imagine. And here we see that the Father's love is given sacrificially. He's not expecting anything in return. He just wants to give it to us. And in truth, it's not for His benefit. Because what would He gain if we would come to Him? He's actually having us in mind so that we would be able to enjoy His blessings and receive the salvation that He gives to each and every one of us. He sent Jesus Christ to die that death that was supposed to be for us on the cross, the most painful, the most humiliating death so that he could save us from our sins. And on that cross, Jesus breathed his last. He was buried, but on the third day, he was raised, showing that the sacrifice was indeed accepted. And as Peter was sharing this, he was already getting ready to close the deal. If you are here often, you would know that this is the time that the preacher would say, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, why don't you lift up your hand? You know, before Peter could say that, the Holy Spirit was probably thinking, overtime na si Peter, parang si Pastor Bodhi. Tapusin na natin to. Gawin na natin to. Game time na. As Peter was preaching, he was surprised because the Holy Spirit suddenly fell on the people, on the family of Cornelius and his friends. This was the Gentile Pentecost. They, the Holy Spirit fell on them and you know, they just started speaking in tongues, just as was what happened to the Jewish Pentecost. And as the Spirit descended on them, that was a confirmation that indeed they have received salvation. Imagine as Peter was preaching the message, before he could even ask, do you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? The family members already said, Jesus, I receive you. That's how we see the power of the Holy Spirit works. And again, this was a confirmation that truly salvation is not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. It says here, while Peter was still saying all of these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word and the believers from among the circumcised or the Jews who had come with Peter were amazed. They weren't expecting this because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. And he commanded us, and it says here that, you know, as they received that love, as we receive that love, it's not supposed to end with us. The reason why the Father allows us to experience His love, the reason why He extends His love to us is not just for us to, be, to feel secure and saved, but for us to preach it to other people as well. And that was what Peter said before the Holy Spirit interrupted this preaching. He commanded us to preach 
to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And through this story, we will see that the Father's love is meant to be shared to everyone. All the recipients of the love that the Father gave are to go out and share it to other people. And here's the interesting thing. As we are celebrating Father's Day, truth of the matter is, fathers, you have been given a big responsibility, but a great privilege as well to be a reflection of that love of the Father to your children and to your wife. It says that husbands are supposed to love their wives the way that Jesus Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her. And we are to love our children, you know, put them first, provide for them, take care of them, protect them. All of us somehow, for those who have amazing and awesome and present fathers, godly fathers, they are a reflection of God's love for us. And we will see here that through the obedience of good fathers like Abraham and Cornelius, the nations and even us right now here have been blessed with the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. Through the obedience of Abraham, God was able to open the door for his love and blessings to be enjoyed by the Israelites, by the Jews. And through the obedience and faith of Cornelius, God was able to open the door for the Gentiles, for you and me, to be able to experience this love. And I pray, you know, just as these men have been called to do that, to remain faithful, to live out their faith, and to point people to Jesus Christ. We have benefited from it. I pray that through our lives and through our families, that that door will also be opened through for other people. Again, we have received that greatest blessing of salvation. I pray that just as Cornelius' family was used as an example, that our families would be used as an example as well. I pray that we would be ready to share the love of the Father through Jesus Christ, to everyone that we will meet. The Father's love is meant to be shared for everyone and that is a call for you and for me. Again, just as I have asked us last week, as we have received this love and experienced it, as we have understood God's call for us individually and as a family, would we be willing to be used by God to share this love to other people? And would we be willing to be used by God to cast this vision to our families? So that like Cornelius, and just like the family of Pastor King, our families may be used in our communities so that our spiritual family, the sons and daughters, the children of God in Jesus Christ, may grow all the more and His kingdom may advance. I pray that our families would embrace that purpose. Just give your yes to God today and He will be the one to do the rest just like the way that he blessed Abraham and just like the way that he blessed Cornelius. All he needed from them was their yes. So my question to you today, are you willing to be used by God? Yes. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.